Middle Cough. Hey, behaves. We Tapping are streaming people. on this Tuesday afternoon. Is the live stream on YouTube? If you're watching live, if you're listening to the podcast, it's great to have you. If you're listening to the podcast, especially if you just happen to be listening along on iTunes right now, go to iTunes, Apple, Apple Podcast. Leave us a review, five stars. Leave us a question in that review. Tell us your favorite bar as well, and get in the Haberman at Middlecoff mailbag. Do that. Also, no kid hungry. NoKidHungry.org slash ham. Give yourself a little uh if you could, if you if you would. We've donated 10 grand. Tito's Puesto, another seven. I think we were up over 18, so you guys are already over a thousand in your donations. So if we're shooting for twenty-five thousand, uh I don't want to have to call our big money boosters to get us there, but I will if I have to. Uh nokidhungry.org slash ham. Help us out trying to make a difference this holiday season. Happy Hanukkah. Uh we want to make sure every kid's fed on Hanukkah. Yeah. Uh Hanukkah's over, but we um Hanukkah's over. Yeah, it was, it was seven days. That's all oh, I get. Oh, was, oh yeah, it started last Sunday. Yeah. Gotcha. Hanukkah I sent out two happy by. Hanukkahs today. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Better late than never. I, I, I definitely subscribe to that. Uh, but like John said, we have a lot of fun on the show. We've uh, been afforded the opportunity to do this show thanks to, uh, well, we started it, but you guys consuming it, and we appreciate that. Yeah. We deserve credit, and, uh, but you know, be, without you, we're because, nothing. Well, but, but like you said, because people consume it, because people because advertisers come on the show, because we make money on the show, we're able to turn around and donate some of that money. And uh, $10,000 was that chunk. And then Tito's brought in the five and Puesto added two. And No Kid Hungry is an incredible cause. So please, if you're watching, click on the link. It's nokidhungry.org slash ham. The link is in the YouTube. The link is in the podcast. And um, just give what you can. Every little bit helps. And we're, we're trying to get it to 25000 A single dollar can provide up to 10 meals for kids. Nokidhungry.org slash ham. Keep chopping wood. I do have an announcement to make. We have on the show today... A shave it or save it. Oh, so we need submissions. The only way you can do this is if some of you step out and go, you know what? I don't know if I should shave my head or save my hair. We're here to help submit. Send us DMs. We'll tell you more about that later because we've got uh, Travis, John, Travis, who is a service member, a member of our military, a member of our military who, uh, you know, I think is thinking about getting out and growing his hair out. And uh, we're here to discuss whether or not that. That should happen for him. So we'll we get love to that our service men and women. They uh, yeah. fabric of society. Did you ever decide to sign the contract for your hair? I did. You signed the contract. I I, I haven't. We have not signed the contract, but I accepted the offer. Yep. Gotcha. You haven't Venmoed yep. him the two G's yet. No, I think we'll do that Wednesday during the next cut. Gotcha. You're gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Uh. I have many sleepless nights over it, John, but I'm gonna do it. Four-year contract, unlimited haircuts, for those of you who didn't catch that story. And no tip, right? And no tips, yeah. Like you say, hey, listen, you can't give me a weird look. Like, no tips. It's 2000 we're good. We had right? a discussion about it, and uh, yeah. Brad on the stream, by the way, says, guy, what is the No Kid Hungry Fund 2? So just to, so there's no confusion. No Kid Hungry is a national foundation. And what they do is uh, they provide free meals for families, communities, kids in need. They provide guidance for schools. They provide grants for schools um, who need to find a way to feed kids. And so it, since March of 2020, the school and community grantees in the state of California have received over $12.5 million in grants. It's over 200 million meals to children and families. 
Um, families can go to a uh, go to the website, No Kid Hungry, and find free meals in their area in their communities. So uh, that's that's the deal. Um, click on that link. You can find out more information about No Kid Hungry. This is a legitimate major charitable organization that works with schools and nonprofits and local governments to improve programs, to launch programs, to make sure that kids get the food, the healthy food that they need. So that's what that's. Yeah. I just think that, you know, most people, I mean, what you, I don't care where you are, once you are economically stable, you take so many things for granted. I mean, I just did today. I, I worked out and then I got a, some lunch at Kinder's. It's got myself a chicken sandwich and you just don't even think about it. You know, I eat, love to eat. So do you, so do most people. But it's like a lot of people don't aren't afforded that luxury. And it's just something during these times that, you know, kind of should hit you down deep. If you can make a difference. Yeah. Brad, hell yeah. Put me down for 50. Brad, thank you. Thanks, You man. the man. We appreciate that. That's generous. And thank you. That's great. Appreciate you. Uh, all right, John. This show is sponsored by... <laughs> Tito's. Handmade. Well, I got to clean this hat off. Tito's. Handmade vodka. It is the premier. Number one, vodka in, as uh, Mario Cristobal would say, Estudios Unados, the United States yeah. of America. <laughs> Did I say that right? Yeah, status, uh, yeah, status Estudios Unados. I just had to say it fast. Yeah, so I, yeah you just got to say it practice. quick. Yeah. <laughs> Tito's, make yourself a Tito. I, I kind of, I feel like a Tito soda right now. It's only 2.40, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Number one vodka in America, wherever you are this holiday season, have your cocktails, take us pictures, tag us in the deal. Tito's loves it. We love it. Instagram, Twitter, you guys know the drill. Uh, go, you know, your local store, your local uh, CVS, you name it. Uh, Bevmo, Safeway, Albertsons, I think is owned now by Safeway. And go get yourself a bottle of Tito's. Price point's incredible. It's hard to beat. It's actually unbeatable when you factor it in against their competition. Uh, and it's great. And when you factor in the quality. It's yeah, number one. The quality. It number is one. number one. Tito's Handmade Vodka, so many great um, options, uh, uh, recipes, what I'm trying to say, for the holidays. And, uh, you know, you you fill the bowl at the holiday party with the Tito's, and you will have a very, very popular drink. Go to Tito's. Uh, go get your Tito's wherever you get your beverages. Six times distilled in copper pots, not columns. It's more labor-intensive, yes. We actually have uh, we have it on the calendar right now to go sample some Tito's around some different uh, locations around the Bay Area, John. Although I already know it's going to taste like fantastic. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Podcast also brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Promo code HAM and the number one, where MyBookie will match your first deposit up to 1000 bucks. They'll also... Uh, uh, no, that's what they'll do. You can use the yeah. promo code HAM1. Uh, if you accept the bonus, you have to bet the full amount before you withdraw funds. You can also decline the bonus, but HAM1, let them know that we sent you. We have been um, executing the lock of the week. Which, Sorry, were you going to say something? No, we've just lost $2,000 in seven days. You know, when you say it like that, we had won 11 in a row plus a 14 parlay. So 15, yeah. some would call it. Um, we're now, we've lost four in a row. Yeah, we're still. I think we have like thirty three hundred dollars, thirty two fifty yeah. or something. I'm not I mean, shaking, John. Maybe a little no. rattled, but my confidence. Been, is... We've been very, we've been very very cold. I mean, we had an awful weekend. We'll get into the Monday night football game, uh, but w I would just like to get a winner. And I, my the first game that I saw that kind of resonated with me, 
And I, I watched the Steelers Raven game on Monday on Game Pass. Just a little quick, you know, paying attention to it. Not super locked in, but definitely the fourth quarter. The Ravens were leading going into the fourth quarter seven to three. And Lamar has been a little off this season, but like Harbaugh, Lamar versus the Browns, I just I just like taking my chance. That's the way I philosophically looked at that. Yeah. Harbaugh, Lamar versus guy, do you know that Mark Andrews? Now it was not the easiest pass. The Ravens could have won that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They drove the field, scored, and, you know, Harbaugh just always puts those two fingers up. Go for two, as Kyle said. He's always like, yeah, we're going to go for two, too. <laughs> you see that? I did. He also, I did see he didn't delve too deep into it because, as he said, it's all a hypothetical. But you you texted me during the game, I think Kyle should go for two if they score here. And um, I think he would have. I do think you're right. I think you were on it early. I think he would have done it. Well, do you have any issue with – because? I'm not saying it's controversial because Harbaugh now has been doing going for two and going for it on fourth down. I'd say pretty consistently with Lamar. I, I, I on the road in that situation. So they basically get the ball back under two minutes and drive the field and score a touchdown. Yeah. On the road, 10 seconds left against the Steelers. Yeah. You you have the best kicker. Major what's, your, what, history. What's, what's your question? Do I have an issue with what? Well, do you just kick the field goal, go to overtime or do you go for two right there? No, I mean, I think I think about that team has been in so many close games. Like, I don't think the Ravens are very good. Um, I mean, one-point game with Pittsburgh, six-point win over Cleveland, three-point win over Chicago, 12-point uh, win over Miami, 12-point uh, loss to Miami, three-point win over Minnesota, blowout loss to Cincy, blowout win over the Chargers, one-score win over Indy, Blowout win over Denver, two point win over Detroit, one point win over Kansas City, and a one score loss to the Raiders. I mean, they just like my thing with them. If we took them as our lock, I think if I'm just evaluating, here's what we did the last uh, my pick Saturday night. I pushed you to take the SC game. Part of that was value. Like, I one thing I was thinking about is like. I would take the Ravens and the points, not necessarily take the Ravens to win just because they're whatever they are, plus 155. Like, forget about value. I just want to win. Winning is how you stack up, even if it's not as good a value as like a plus 155. No, but but I, I do think value matters. Like, you just, it's it's the good way to look at it. Like, I, I do think the Ravens, anytime you get them plus points with Lamar Jackson, like to me, looking back, and everyone did this, right? How did we all miss... Because let's face it, most people were terrified to bet on Alabama. And I think it always happens yeah. like after recessions. It's like, God, I could have bought seven homes for 300 grand. Well, no, at the time, 99% of people were scared, right? I, oh my God, I could have got this stock for $5. It's now 200. Well, yeah, every stock was in the tank. So most people did not, right? I, most people that did not bet on Alabama. Now, granted, different than like a crazy economic circumstance, if you had watched Alabama this year, like they were just, it didn't quite look the same, right? So it's easy to play that game. My issue with the San Diego State Utah State game, one, they had a COVID issue, and I felt pretty good about twenty-two players did not play. That's a lot. San Diego State. And the SC thing, you know, were do you think looking back, would you have been confident if you knew he was interviewing for the Fresno State job uh, as well as coaching that game? Do you see Bruce Feldman said that he was in the mix? Who was Dante Williams? Yeah, that Fresno was interested in Dante Williams, which I call bullshit on. Not that Bruce is not a great reporter. I just I have a hard time seeing that one. I did not know that. No, I would have 
the whole thing. What about, what I, what about when I told you they bad. were late to practice after we'd already placed yeah, the Yeah, that's terrified me. The whole thing was bad logic. I overthought it. I tried to get too creative with like, oh, Cal doesn't need this game anymore. And SC, it's like, what? why would I trust SC on the road at 8 p.m. in the cold at Cal in front of nobody? Why? Why would I do that? So it was just bad. I outsmarted. I got, I tried to be smart. I made it too complicated, I think. Because I said you've yet to be wrong about Cal. That's right. That's right. I did say that. And I was, I've been right on Cal a lot this year, but I wasn't right that night. I give Cal a lot of credit for showing up and playing that game when they, it wasn't for bowl eligibility. You know, maybe I underrated how much it still means to guys at Cal when you play USC and how much you want to win that game. Um, And maybe I underrated Cal wanted to play that game for weeks because those guys just want to play football. SC hasn't looked like it wants to play football more often than not when I watch him this year. <laughs> like three so, years. you know, I think what I did was what I see happen a lot on Twitter. Just because you can make a logical argument that your debate teacher would be like, mm, logical argument, great points, A+, plus doesn't mean it's right. A lot of people make yeah. a lot of arguments because you have to make a bunch of arguments right now to get attention. It doesn't mean you're making the right decision. Sometimes the thing that gets all the attention is like an eight eight page presentation when really all you need is like two bullet points. So I overthought that one. It was, it was stupid. It was, I, 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 th- I hope I learned my lesson from that, but time will tell if I did. I don't know. Yeah. That's why we bet on an NFL game this week. And we just take a team to me that you feel comfortable can win. Like honestly, the Ravens and the Niners both to me fall under the same umbrella. Yeah. You give yourself a chance to win every game. And, and we didn't really, the San Diego State one was weird, but we didn't really give ourselves a chance with the SC thing. Like it was just, it was kind of a hail Mary. You bet on the Niners getting points. Definitely bet on Lamar and Harbaugh. To me, why I'd go Lamar Harbaugh even over Kyle, like their history as winners for four running years is pretty strong. So it's just like I, you just take your chances with those two guys in the foxhole. Like I'm, I am betting Plus two on two and a half. Part of Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you feel good about having your money in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands? Though I do um, like the value. Look, I, you know, we, we have our fun with Jimmy, and he is what he is, but. He doesn't scare me off from Niners plus one against Cincinnati. Uh, he's going to throw a Burrow's, Burrow's banged up. N- Emmanuel Mosley out. Yeah, I mean, it was, well, Josh Norman was going to lock down Jamar Chase no matter what, so it doesn't really matter. Can Jamar Chase run, John? I mean, is he even fast? Uh, he's not slow. <laughs> so I, I actually think that's value. Are you saying Baltimore plus two and a half or Baltimore money line plus 115? Well, I mean, I do either. I mean, again, I, I actually I, I do like the Niners game as well. Those were the two games that I was like, we've I like what that's cooking. We've stayed away from that game unless we love it. We've stayed away from the Niners in like critical spots. I think just for our own sanity. Pretty big week for them though. Like they can't they can't fall to six and seven and feel good about their playoffs chances. They still have a Thursday night game. You know, this is a this is a little bit feels a little Ramsey where it's like this is a big spot for you playing a team that has a good record and has some talent, but also hasn't proven shit. I don't hate him plus one. I feel good about either one of those games. Yeah, I do. I feel good about the Niner game. Uh, I, I, to me, what I like about the Ravens game is just that it's not the Niner game. Um, and you're getting a couple more points, but I like we, we can let it marinate for a couple days. Okay, We're in no let's, rush. Let's get, so I think part of this conversation is also about what happened on Monday night. We had lost a couple of bad college games. And so we said, let's let's do an NFL game. Yeah, let's do Monday Night Football. Let's try and salvage the weekend. $500 we $1, in 12 hours. 
Yeah, that's right. Which I loved. I mean, I, I like. I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not it made money to me. That. It made the Monday Night game Fuck, ten yeah. times better than it was, and it, and I loved the Monday Night game. Same. It was such a good, great, high enjoyment. Um, and uh, the, we lost to a team that threw three. We'll talk about Mac and all that, but what was the emotional roller coaster like for you? I I did get a little when when New England. Not even forced to fumble when the Bills fumbled, and then New England just pounded the rock all the way down the field. It it did put me on my heels a little bit. I got to admit, but then I saw Josh Allen throwing some bullets, and I was like, "Okay, this will be fine. This will be fine." Yeah, I mean, I the I, I do think Josh Allen is a spectacular talent, and I know he had some fuck ups in that game, but he had to do things that the other quarterback just didn't have to do, like. His ball, you could not tell that there were 40-mile-an-hour wins. You could not tell it at all when he just threw a straight, you know, an out route, an in route, of, you know, down the seam. His arm strength is remarkable, and his talent to me is remarkable. His athleticism, his competitiveness. Like, I, what did I learn from Mac Jones that game? Not a fucking thing. Like, he just handed the ball off. Now, the Patriots, they are built, and they're, this is where football – you know, as things change, you know, they, life and, and football and everything, it constantly is adapting and changing. It's like, I think there are some things that just are always going to stay the same. And clearly when you can play defense, which the Patriots can really play defense, and when you can run the football, like that, that's never going to go away, I think, in the sport of football. And I think that also falls into the uh, uh, college as well, right? If you have one of the best defenses in the country, you're going to be in the mix. You know, even if your offense isn't, it doesn't have to be Bryce Young and what Saban has. But if you have an elite defense, look at Wisconsin this year. They fell apart early in the season. And just like you look up and they're, you know, eight and four, nine and three at the end of the season because they could really play defense. I think they ended up going eight and four because they lost to Minnesota. But Jim Leonard, like, that shit works. Like, Belichick, it works. Now, it's not sustainable. And we talked about Jimmy G like this to just have games like that. But in a one off situation, it's one of the most remarkable things I've ever watched in my own eyes. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I uh we'll talk more about it, so I'm not going to there's a couple other things I want to say about that game, but it was um I got to tell you it didn't feel at times the way it actually was. And clearly, I mean, Buffalo uh, because they couldn't stop the run, 222 yards in rushing, 49 plays, 46 rushes for the Pats, three passes as you know. Josh Dubow, well I'll get to some of the uh, the other stats. I, I did one, one thought I had coming out of it regarding Josh was just how well set up specifically in their division they are. I don't know if you saw the stat. I, I don't I didn't I should have taken a photo of it before the game on ESPN. It was as the temperature goes down, Josh Allen's completion percentage goes up like he's good in the cold and the wind. He said it's because he tightens up his mechanics and he takes less chances. He didn't play like he wasn't taking chances in the game. There were several times where he rolled out of the pocket, scrambled, not really rolled out, scrambled and tried to make plays on the run, and it almost met, made him. And just, you know, it made me feel good if I were a Buffalo fan from the standpoint of his, historically we're going to have to win games if we're going to really go all the way. And Buffalo's played in some cold-weather playoff games in their, in their program's history. Um, you're gonna ha- you might have to play New England in a conference championship game one day. This guy can do it. So I feel good about it from that standpoint. The flip side is they play at Tampa this week, and the AFC is really hard. And if they lose their seven and six, and right now they're the seven seed in the AFC, 
Indy's on a bye and is definitely a playoff team, I think. Should be. So Buffalo does have to win football games here coming up. They'll play New England again in a couple of weeks. They also still play the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Jets. So, you know, Buffalo should be at least a 10-win team. Um, I think I was going to pull up the the Chargers guys still have the Giants, the Texans, the Broncos, and the Raiders. So, like, the Chargers are, what, 7-5? and Yeah. I, I mean, I would say the Chargers are getting to 10. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, well, John, one Are of the Chargers about, in the playoffs right now. Yeah, they're the five seed right now. Okay, so they're not. They wouldn't take any well, spot. No, but but just think about this: of these um, four teams, one of them's not making the playoffs. Chargers, Bengals, Bills, or Colts. Somebody in that group is not making the playoffs. Kansas City will. Baltimore's in good shape. Tennessee and New England. I know you're not. You haven't mentioned their name yet, but if Steelers play Thursday night, they'd be seven five and one, and just right. they'd be in the mix. Their yep. defense is good. I mean, yeah, I know. I wouldn't just. I, I just don't discount that whole operation. They just they survive. It's not pretty with old Ben, but they are fucking survivors. <laughs> I know you're right because they they just did it against Baltimore. They had no business winning that game, and they won it. I, and I'm I'll pull up their schedule. They got Vikings beaten- Thursday. Beaten yeah. Buffalo already, by the way. Then Beat they get the one. Titans at home. Then they go to the Chiefs, Browns, Ravens. So their schedule is a little harder. Pretty tough. But they, they, they almost have to win these next two games to have a fighting shot. Uh, we'll see the hearing, Browns, though. The Browns could just get KO'd, right? They lose this weekend the Ravens. They're just they're done. You don't even consider them a playoff team, do you? Uh, no, I was not considering them a playoff team. Niners are lucky. They don't have to deal with all this bullshit because they would be fucked. Browns right? are coming off a bye. Whatever that's worth to you. Yeah, I mean they, they play Ravens. Just isn't good. I don't, yeah, Ravens, Raiders, Packers, Steelers, Bengals. That's what the Browns have coming up. That's not easy. So the Raiders are in. If they get beat by the Chiefs this week, bye bye to them. Yeah, I mean I've already bye bye them once this year, and then they came back. So I I hesitate to bye bye them again, but they'd be in I mean, trouble. They'd be yeah. The AFC just doesn't give you. They play the Browns, the Broncos, the Colts, the Chargers. I mean that's. It's just some of these AFC schedules are just crazy. The AFC's crazy. Well, the Broncos are going to be an eight and nine team that they're just going to have. They're going to beat a couple of these teams that don't make it, and their lo- that loss is going to kill them. Right? You're going to look up, and they're going to be eight and nine, or even if they're seven and ten, a couple of their wins will be. Uh, I guess maybe not. They've lost to a lot of people in the AFC, but they have taken out the football team and the Cowboys. I know. I guess they, they beat the they beat the Chargers. They're unwatchable, but. They win some football. How many? Oh, no, that was Jalen Waddle. You told me he has a bunch of catches. 86, 86. to be exact. <laughs> Holy smokes. That's pretty nuts. That is nuts. I don't think Ayuk has 86 catches in his career. <laughs> I mean, no chance he does, right? Uh, he might be. He might. He might be close to that number. Did he have? Yeah, he's, what, he's got 95. Yeah. Sneaky 35 this year. I would have guessed like 20. He yeah, might be able to get up to that 55 mark. I think he might, yeah. Like, this might be a week. We'll see. We'll talk about Debo. But. What if he, if he, if IU can get to like 60 and six touchdowns, salvage the season. Hell no. yes. <laughs> salvage the season. It'll be one of Honestly, those. Honestly, that number could be a little lower if he could just pull a Deshaun Jackson punt return out of his ass, which doesn't really feel like he's got in the bag. It'd be one of those years where, he, where maybe in 2022 he has a great year and you go, 
a breakout season and somebody will say, no, you know, the people who are really paying attention know that Ayuk's second half of 2021 was where it all came together. That might be what happens to him this year. Yeah. Check this out. Josh Dubow. I knew we could go to Josh Dubow of the Associated Press. Three pass attempts for Mac Jones in the Monday night win. The fewest passes in a game since 1948. 1950 and 1949, there were two teams, the Browns and the Steelers, each played a game without a pass attempt. In 1949, the New York Bulldogs won a 7 to nothing game against the Eagles with one pass attempt. That would have been a fun game to watch, Bulldogs versus the Eagles. I mean, what are the chances? Was It, it was in uh, September, so it might have not been freezing cold. might have been sunny no, that day. probably would have been a nice night, yeah. Uh, and in 1974, the Bills had two pass attempts in a 16 to 12 win over the Jets. Nobody has lost with the uh, low pass attempt number. I guess it's evidence that if you're losing, you throw the football. Three pass attempts. The first, remember, was the ball batted up in the air and caught. Was that John New Smith who made that play? Uh, yeah. The second was like a rollout sideline throw, and the third, I think, was a screen play. Underrated part, too, about his first pass attempt slash completion that was his only, you know, he was one of one at halftime for 12 yards. Peyton pointed this out. I think he changed the play at the line, and Josh immediately screamed at him. Like, I don't think that was supposed to. Peyton did not think that was supposed to be a pass play. <laughs> That's incredible. So, they, so by design. There's a chance he could have got to halftime with zero zero zeros. So you think that Josh called two passes in the game on Monday? Well, I just think Mac, it's pretty clear. One thing Mac definitely brings to the table is, and this is, listen, this we probably jumped over this because you can't quantify it. His mind is really, really high level for a 22-year-old at the quarterback position. To be able to do, even do what he's doing before last night at New England, that is really hard, right? No one argues. It's hard for veteran guys that, you know, I was going to say transfer in, but in the pros, get traded, get you know signed there, that go play for the Patriots, that playbook. There is no doubt in my mind that he, like, has the ability to audible shit at the line of scrimmage. And he sees 15 guys in the box. Maybe he did it. And that was like, do never, not in this game, Mac. And he got yelled at. Josh lit into him. Here he was doing the right thing all week, ignoring Peyton's calls. And he still got in trouble. Yeah. So what does it tell us about Mac Jones? Uh, does it tell us that Mac Jones will never be the guy? Does it tell us that? Mac Jones is in the perfect spot. I mean, I, I think you probably have to start there. This guy now has played for Nick Saban and Alabama, turned in a Heisman season, and then goes to Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Um, you know, not every situation is created equal. We know that. And you could argue this guy has been in two of the most perfect situations for him that anybody could possibly be in. It's pretty incredible. Now, maybe because he was Alabama's quarterback, he became the Patriots quarterback, right? We know that Bill and Nick are very close. Yeah, We know that Bill, I think we could say this too, Bill, you know, Bill, I, I don't think Bill has like some great desire to have some 50, $40 million a year quarterback. Um, you know, like clearly Andy Reid wants or like Kyle Shanahan has turned his attention to maybe once he didn't want to be that guy. Now he does. Bill, Bill's attitude is let me handle everything. That's his attitude with his assistants for the most part. And it's kind of his attitude with his team. I'll take care of it. You just do what I tell you. Well, I would say this. The, the Bama guys that Bill has on his team are like football geniuses. Like Hightower, I don't, what position does that guy play? Absolutely everything. I mean, he's been on their team for feels like a decade, does it all for them. You know, Damian Harris, is he sneaky, a more consistent? I mean, Josh Jacobs is awesome. Is Damian Harris a better, just pure runner? Like that guy is good. 
Like that guy is really good. Now he hurt his hamstring last night. Uh, I'm tra- uh, Bearmore, the dude they drafted in the second round. Do you know what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan would do to flop that guy for Javon Kinlaw? I mean, they would give anything. That guy is unmovable. And then Mac Jones, yeah, I, he's been. You could argue. I, I was thinking about this last night, watching it, and even today, like it just that's one of the greatest landing spots for a guy drafted in the top. We've seen Roethlisberger before. Guys get drafted in the twenties and get to start. Like let's say Jordan Love would have been better than he is, and like Rodgers would have disappeared, and he'd take a little job. Like that would have been an incredible spot to just jump into. This is even better. They run the ball nonstop and they play elite defense. And their coach is Bill and Josh. I, I, how does it get any better? Like you could say, well, the night the Niners would not have been better. Their defense isn't even close to that. And Kyle ain't Bill. Not even close. Like Bill's the greatest coach of all time. I don't know if Josh will ever make a good head coach or not, but it's pretty well established now. He is a great offensive coordinator, right? Yes, I think he is. The, I mean, Vrabel is a little different. I, I don't know if Josh is Bill's greatest assistant ever. I think he's been Bill's most valuable assistant. Vrabel um, never worked for Bill. Yeah, it's a good point. It's not the he's not the same. It's it's. I, I was thinking about this the other day. It's really odd. Most of Bill's guys. I don't think Joe's going to make it. Could come back. Most of Bill's guys get another job, get another shot, and then work in the media. I mean, Pioli, Weiss. I don't know. Where's Rome, Romeo? Probably doesn't follow that. No. Um, <laughs> but Mangini, Mangini, Lombardi. Why do Bill's guys all quit football after they get their other shot? It's like, well, I can either go back to Bill or just fuck it. And they're just like, ah, forget it. I don't know. It's weird. But Josh came back. And I don't know if Josh has been told. I'd be very interested. Like, has Josh been explicitly told he's the coach in waiting in New England? Or, you know, could he get swooped by Bill's son? Or is Bill's son just destined to be Josh's defensive coordinator? But I feel like Bill's son has a move in him. Like, uh, Leave Bill. I was going to say he just became the defensive coordinator at Ohio State, but I just saw Ohio State stole Oklahoma State's guy that Gundy yeah. was begging them to pay him like a, you know, a big-time guy, which yeah. I feel bad for Gundy always loses his sweet coordinators. Every time. <laughs> he, he, every That's time why he started Gundy. hiring like JC coaches. He's like, I oh, forget yeah. this. <laughs> I know. I, if you just told me that Steve Belichick, now he probably doesn't want to go to college, so maybe an NFL job, but like I, don't, I couldn't see Steve Belichick going to like – the Vikings or something like he would, why would you leave winning to go? But it does feel like he'll bounce to, to go to maybe even come back. But why does he have, I mean, I agree with you. Well, he's but not the defensive like, coordinator. Isn't Bill. But nobody the is. Bill is. Bill is. Yeah. Cause Jer- Gerard Mayo is not, I bill, you know, just coach everything and then take over here. I bet. You know, Bill's. Like, and I'm sure yeah, Bill has go- told him, "Yeah, you want to be somewhere else, but you know where? You know what else you might end up? You might end up in Cleveland, like I did, working for Art Modell. You might end up with the Giants, but you know, they try to force you to take the job, and you don't want it. The Jets, you don't stay here. Well, why? What do you have to prove to anybody? Just win here. What difference does it make? Belichick. Most when I look at most coaching staffs in the NFL or even college. They have like 700 guys on their staffs. Belichick's defensive staff is six guys. It's Bill who counts as five guys and then five other guys. It's 10 guys. I get Our guy Cole Popovich must have got the jab because he quit, but oh. I went to their website and he's back. Oh, or maybe they never so took like, him hey off. Guy, hey, Bill, I got, 
No booster, but I'm back. Feels like fine, but we won't announce your return. But, he does have a he does have Michael Lombardi's kid is the wide receiver coach Mick. Wasn't he with the, the Niners? Patriots. He Briefly? was Jim Harbaugh's assistant. That's yeah. right, Jim Harbaugh's assistant. Um, which has got to I mean, he's had a Mick Lombardi. That guy's got some good stories. He was Jim Harbaugh's personal assistant, which is every head coach in the NFL has one for four years, and now he's been on Bill staff for several years. Like that's people. Like if you go to a dinner party, I'd want to sit next to that guy. It's great stories. <laughs> Jesus. So here's the thing with quarterbacks, because, uh, you know, people love to talk about this and say winning is not a a QB stat. But I do think it is in this sense. If you're the quarterback of a winning team, even if you're not the reason your team is winning, you generally keep your job, don't you? Yes. Like, you know, Alex lost his job to Mahomes in Kansas City. Not normal. For the most part, as long as your team keeps winning – even if you're not great, you will keep your job, especially if your team is coached by Bill Belichick and you're about defense and running the football. As long as this team, like my point is, whatever Mac is right now, whatever his limitations are right now, he is going to get the opportunity to develop into whatever the best version of Mac Jones is. He'll get that chance in New England at this rate. I mean, they're the one seed in the AFC right now. Belichick, as I predicted in the offseason, was great value, is going to be the coach of the year in the NFL this year, um, which, you know, he could be every year. But uh, by and I, large, King, King, what if Kingsbury goes like, yeah, 15 I, and two, 15 and two? Maybe he will. You're right. He, that's a legitimate. That's legitimate because his fingerprints are all over the thing. But it's hard for Bill to be the coach of the year because people always expect him to be good. And that's not how you win the coach of the year award. In the last 11 years, eight of the guys that win the award coach teams who had low expectations well what's a more incredible what's a more incredible accomplishment the Patriots being the number one overall seed or the Cardinals being the number one overall seed yeah Patriots underrated like that's pretty eye-opening yeah it is but I think the Cardinals thing the Cardinals if you if we track it back like had a first-round quarterback cut them traded them and then hired and then drafted another first-round quarterback number one I you know with everyone counting them out and them doing some unconventional things defensively so I, they get a lot of credit too. Like I, Bill, is it that crazy that one of the greatest coaches or the greatest coach in NFL history had a good football team? You know, I mean, with a good defense. I, I think a good I think this after would they be spent, one, after they spent a historic amount of money in the offseason. But I'd say in the NFL, it's not like baseball. It doesn't necessarily. We've seen a lot of teams spend money historically. Hell, I was on one with the Eagles. The football team did it For forever. Sure. It does not usually equal. There's a no. the reason he did it wasn't even necessarily because there weren't good players available every year. I just think he thought like it's not the right way to build your team. A little bit of desperation, but the desperation, like the guys he signed, I to me the most impressive thing, and this to me Kyle can take some notes on this, is Nikhil Harry, who is one of the more polarizing first-round picks. Like, yeah, is he a good wide receiver? Clearly not. Did you see him last night? He blocks like he's a he's fucking throwing around his pads like he's a linebacker. He destroys people at the point of attack. Bill, even a guy that he he has to be like, if I could do this one over, I would do this one over. But he's found a way. Everyone hates him. They don't have any wide receivers. He still utilizes Nikhil Harry and somehow gets the guy to buy in to block. Now he's still, I mean, he cost him the one touchdown they gave up all game. I you know, freak deal off his helmet. But I, Bill to me is I'm glad this year happens, and hopefully it keeps happening. Now, we'll see in the playoffs. It's 
you know, the Niners did it the one year where you could win an NFC championship game with eight attempts. I don't think that's typical. That that might be an outlier situation in the history of the game in, in modern football. Like, I don't think Bill is going to be able to win the AFC championship game with Mac having less than 10 attempts. Like, I don't think that's possible. I, I, I really think that's a, an, I mean, because they were busting multiple like 50-yard runs. He had one last night, but Kyle had like three that game. That I, I have a hard time seeing that happen. So, like, my point is, like, they might not go to the Super Bowl this year, but if he gets the one seed and wins a playoff game, even if they lose in the AFC Championship game to the Chiefs or the Ravens or something, it's one of the more remarkable FU on back seasons that I can remember in a coach in a long time. Yes, but I don't think we should be surprised by it. I don't think we should be. I mean, they were competitive last year. Well, they, with, ha- they have a rookie. Co- they have a rookie quarterback. Like that's I, I that's where I do give Matt credit. Like that's hard to do. To win I'm giving everybody credit. I'm just saying we shouldn't be shocked when the greatest coach in NFL history makes the most of this situation with Mac Jones. I mean, clearly he values Mac Jones more than he valued the guy that he actually won some football games with last year in Cam Newton. So uh, the question is, can you ever win a Super Bowl with Mac? And I don't know if the answer is yes to that question because it's not a great sign when your quarterback is limited to three throws and only two of them you called because like you said it's not sustainable would the the bills trade josh allen for mac jones now it's not fair because one guy's been in the league four and a half years the other guy's been eight games no 10 games right no chance would bill trade mac jones for josh allen of course we sure yes because if mac jones was the bills quarterback what would the final score of monday night football have been Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. They would have had no chance because they couldn't run it and he can't throw it. Who would it like Bill that. rather coach against? Yeah, I see what you're saying. But I also I think... Trying to, I was trying to be devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, with Mac, there's a lot of like, well, this is Tom Brady. Let's pump the brakes. They are, they are playing football the way you play with a quarterback who eventually you'd like to replace. But if they keep winning with this guy... Maybe he well, gets I, the chance. I, I, I'm gonna pu- I'm gonna push back on that. I do think as a rookie, you operate a little bit like the way you do when you're trying to replace a quarterback, just because you try to make it easy on him, right? Like Kyle's doing, he's playing football with Jimmy Garoppolo as a guy he's gonna get rid of. He tries to avoid. They're doing that. Part of it, you know, it takes time to prove yourself, right? You just you want to make it as easy on him as possible, and that's what a good coach does. I'm just saying, yeah. like their mindset with Mac is just to make it and and they just the way they think they they do live week to week right i mean bill the way he builds his team is big picture but like they're obsessed with winning that game like if tom brady had been playing in that game i had this thought last night they still might have, he might only had 12 attempts like he wouldn't have had 30 right, right. there would have been no right. need he would have had probably a historic historical low in attempts right well yeah For i him, mean put it this way 12 if you would- or 15 if you had said to any, if you'd done a pregame interview with any coach who coaches any team before that game last night, to coach, what's the key tonight? What would they have said? Run the ball, control the run clock, the ball, not turn, yeah. not turn the ball over. Yeah. So I don't think you're right. We shouldn't damn all of Mac's abilities off that game. And I'm not. I, my point is, and I'm agreeing with your original statement, which was this is an all-time landing spot match for Mac Jones because his coach is so good, because his offensive coordinator is so good, because he's Defense is so good. Number one defense in the league by points right now. Bills are actually number two. Because they're so good, he's going to get the chance to become the best version of whatever he is. Yeah. We are going to find out what Mac Jones' best is. 
We're going to find out. He is going to be, they're going to win enough games that this guy is the starter for the foreseeable future. Even if they play that game once a year and he throws three passes once a year in that game every year. But, uh, you know, I think anytime you play a game where your quarterback throws three passes, it tells us what you think, A. But on the flip side of that, let's not make that everything that Mac Jones is because there's clearly something there with him. What I'd be interested if you were sitting down, I don't even know if Saban drinks, and just having a conversation with Saban. Because Bryce was on the team last year. He didn't play. I mean, he was a red shirt, but he was in pads and standing right next to Mac and I guess Sark last year. Nick, what was your game plan? Clearly, Mac was better than you envisioned him being, right? He, like you said, he had a Heisman level season. They were fucking incredible. What would you have done if Mac's like, you know, I'm actually going to return? I don't know. Now, I, it would have been, obviously, Mac to me goes into spring practice, probably the fall, but you watching that kid, right? It's a little different animal. I mean, he's going to win the Heisman, probably. <laughs> probably in a landslide, right? But now, Mac was fantastic. Ma- Mac was, fa- like, they would have been probably just as good. Now, it does feel their offensive line's a little worse this year. Uh, they lost Landon Dickerson to the Eagles, who got drafted towards ACL. They lost Leatherwood. So, you know, even for them, you lose those guys. Like, not every next guy is a lock first rounder. But, you know, sometimes those situations, I bet Nick's just like, I'm glad it just worked out the way it worked out. He might have, yeah, he might have just told him to go and then told Bill, Bill, just take him in the, in the fourth round. If, you know, if he had not had as good a year last year. Yeah. Bill, trust me, just take him in the fourth and it'd be the same situation. Because I remember hearing about Bryce Young when he was in high school. Yeah, when he was committed to I think SC. A, lot, a lot of people did. He was a pretty big uh, He was committed to SC. Was that was a big, big deal. deal. Bill Bill the Butcher on YouTube says these two are so jealous of Jones, it's sad. I think it's I think so many quarterbacks should be jealous. You know, there's so many quarterbacks who played in the league and said, Man, if I only been in the right situation. Mac Jones will never say that if I'd only been in the right situation. Well, like I'll here's what I'll say about like Zach Wilson, for instance, is a much more talented player than Mac Jones. But like I don't think Zach Wilson the Patriots would have been better this year with Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. Yeah. But if you put Mac Jones on the Jets, even though Mac Jones is probably a smarter player who just, you know, was getting coached at a much higher level than Alabama, the Jets would still be equally shitty. Maybe a little bit better because he dumped the ball off instead of pushing the ball, maybe not throw as many picks, even though Mac pretty sure has nine interceptions. Um uh, didn't really even have the opportunity to throw one last night. And that's that's good coaching, right? You don't put your guy in a position where he's going to throw a pick. But, like, I put Mac on the Jags or I put Mac on the Jets. They're, they're, they're an abomination. Now, if I put Mac, I think the argument is if Mac Jones had been on the Niners and they had just got rid of Jimmy, whether they had had to cut him or whatever, and they just gone all in with Mac, where I might hear you is the Niners, Mac Jones might be a better player than Jimmy. But if that's the bar... Like, that's a pretty low bar. Because as we see this year, Jimmy's not that great of a player. Now, the difference is Mac would only be a rookie. He'd have a long way to keep improving. But, like, if Mac Jones had been the quarterback for the 49ers for 12 games, given what we've seen of Jimmy, I, I do think it's fair to say they might at least have one more win. Jimmy's been pretty bad in some big spots. Now, so they they were dependent on Jimmy to throw some of these games, throw 35, had 40 to times. had to ask him to do. I don't, you know, we're talking about a, we're talking about a fantastic defense right now in New England, right? I mean, elite. So I, I don't. I think maybe Mac could be that, but 
I'm not. And they ha- they right have to now. have one of the better running games in the league too. You know, statistically, I bet yards per carry. Yeah, I, I don't attempts. Like, well, I I I'm trying to be very measured in my Garoppolo criticism because even though I think there are flaws, I I do think he does some things that he does because he's a veteran quarterback. And Mac Jones just is not that right now. Now maybe he could become better than him in that way. There are just like so much of it is what are your skills and can the place you're going make the most of those skills? And if you're on a bad team, having a, you know, photographic memory and knowing where to go with the football doesn't really serve you as well as being athletic serves you, right? If you're on a bad team, knowing where to go to the ball is irrelevant. If your skilled players aren't good, if you're going to have to score 34 points a game to win, so you're not going to win games. With Mac Jones's skill set as a rookie on a bad team, your skill set doesn't elevate bad players. But I think there are things that Mac Jones does that are the difference between being a good team and then maybe taking that next step. And that is what you get out of him in New England. So will he ever be the guy that can put a team on his back and throw 45 times? He might. I think every quarterback in the NFL that's like starting level, and I'd say Jimmy is the, is definitely this, you can have three or four games a year where it's like, today we need you, and they can deliver, right? There are a lot of guys who aren't like franchise quarterbacks, can Taylor Heineke and Fitzpatrick, and like they can give you that from time to time. What would you say, like a Rodgers or Mahomes? You'd depend maybe 12 out of the 17? Yeah, if I said this is how we got to have to play the whole year, you go, we can still win the division and make the playoffs. Now, we not yeah. maybe we can't win a championship if we can't defend or we can't run the ball, but we can still win 10, 11 games. I and agree. I th- agree. And I think because this team is going to win games, it maximizes what Max Jones's value is. And then you get the chance to build on that and build on that and build on that. And maybe you can pull things out of a person that you wouldn't be able to pull out of him if he was the quarterback of the Jags or the Giants or the Jets. But but also, sometimes in life, there's nothing I saw. They asked Tiger Woods. Uh, Steve Sands was talking to him last week. Sandsy. Uh, Sandsy, yeah. They asked him about his leg. And, you know, he said, he said, Tiger, do you feel you got pretty lucky in this situation? And he said, let me stop you. I didn't just get lucky in this situation. My whole life has been lucky. And it's, you know, I bet Tiger could easily, like, I've worked for this. Like, I created this. My life, I think about what I get to do now. If you hadn't existed, who fucking knows once I got out of football what would have happened? There's no guarantee anything. Sometimes being lucky, like, he's not lucky that Mac Jones is not lucky that he ended up at Alabama, right? You have to be so good as a 16, 17 year old to have Nick Saban offer you a scholarship. Your talent, obviously, you got you're lucky to get some God given talent, but Mac wasn't even going there to be a starter, right? He was going there; they were just getting probably quarterback depth, and he was third on the depth chart. You know that the year that he ended up starting after some injuries and transfers, but clearly his work ethic and stuff. But he ends up at Alabama with a with an offensive coach, which I don't think he's a very good head coach. But Sark's a good offensive coordinator. Was with Pete Carroll, was with the Atlanta Falcons, was with Alabama. Right, that's that's a good spot, and then he gets drafted by Belichick and Josh. Like sometimes being lucky, it's it's not. I think a lot of people are insecure to say that because it like diminishes everything that goes on, right? Like I I think sometimes like here, but I think anybody that, that's it's like that's had some success like, acknowledges their own luck or should. Yeah, like sometimes just being lucky, like is a good thing. Well, right? most like most things, it's never one thing; it's a combination of things, right? So. 
he's lucky that uh, by he's lucky that Bill and Nick are tight. Maybe that helped him get drafted by the Patriots. He's lucky the Jets didn't love him. He's lucky there were other quarterbacks in this draft, right? Some ways he's lucky that he wasn't better. Otherwise, he'd be on the Jets right now. Alabama's starting quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner, is the fourth. He didn't. He he didn't win it. But you know what I'm saying. Heisman is the fifth quarterback taken in a draft. Fourth or fifth quarterback taken in the draft. Like that's pretty crazy. He was the well, fifth. why? Well, because there's four other. Qu- I mean, it's just yeah. It's just like Tom. Do you know what's crazy? Would, would, would Tom Tom would be walking around with no chip on his shoulder if he'd been a first round pick by some shitty franchise? Like better off being in the sixth round, one ninety nine of the Patriots. Did Tua win the Heisman? Devontae. Oh, Tua. I don't know if Tua did. I want to say like he did. He did. I feel like he did maybe like a sophomore year. They put the thing around his neck like when he went up there. But I was going to say Tua won it. Then Devontae won it. And and Mac was right there. And then Bryce Young's going to win it. Like they're having a pretty good run right now at Tuscaloosa. Knocking off some Heismans. uh, uh, Kyler, Burrow, Devontae. But I think Tua might have been wearing the leg. You're right. He was was wearing in the crowd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His year that I guess he would have been in the mix was... uh, was J- Joe Burrow's. Was Burrow's year, yeah. And then even the other year, I think he was good, was Kyler's year, right? Because Jalen had already gone pro. Or no, Jalen was after Kyler. Jalen was after Kyler, which was Tua's, that year Tua's last year. Yeah. yeah. Or second. Second to last year? Yeah, Jalen. So Kyler, go, Kyler wins it, goes pro. Oklahoma needs a quarterback. Tua is the, takes over the job. You know, to uh, Jalen then transfers to Oklahoma, and that was the year nineteen that Tua and Joe Burrow met in that huge game. I think the game was at Alabama, and Joe Burrow. And then they scored like forty points in the first half, but then Alabama sneaky kind of came back in the second half. I mean, there were seven million, you know, first round wide receivers in that game combined. I know, and Najee, I think, and Clyde who's sneaky coming on. I, I, um, my last point on Mac for now is I, I think. I think 2022 is going to be a really interesting year, and there'll be a lot of Mac takes out of this year. What's clear is he's set up. Remember, he was not even really their starter in camp. It was like this back and forth thing. It didn't look like it looked like Cam Newton was going to be their opening day starter. Well, he, he's right? the only guy of the group that's played in games that matter of the five rookies. Well, they, they yeah, are going well, to be but I'm just saying now you're going to have this whole offseason with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick and a full year as a starter for Mac Jones. And who knows? I mean, I, I do think there's a, a very high probability that Mac Jones takes a big step in 2022 from 2021. Just well, given, I, I just given, just given, like, think about team. it. Yeah, none of those guys are going anywhere. What if he finally hits on a wide receiver in the draft? What if he just drafts a second round wide receiver that just turns out to be, I don't know, Debo or Justin Jefferson? Like, what if he does actually land that guy? They already got all these other guys under contract. That's all he needs to do is like, hey, guys, we have one offseason goal. Can we just find a wide receiver for this guy? Because we've seen him play with these guys. They've had a lot of success. Like, I'll give Miami credit on this. Part of the reason they got Waddle, because they thought him and Tua had a great connection. Like, they were right on that, right? Like, you don't luck into 86 catches through 12 games. Like, that's not, like, this This is beyond, like, luck or just, like, they have a good connection. Like, that's just, that works. Yeah, yeah I mean, 86, they got a, five games left. No mathematician was going to have 120 catches as a rookie. That's remarkable. On a team that doesn't even feel like they're that explosive. 
No. I mean, what? I guess Jefferson had the record last year, but it's like it's more understandable when you watch Justin Jefferson why it worked. He's bigger. Waddle's small. Whenever John, I do Tua has clips Miami, fewer, fewer passing yards this year than Sam Darnold. Actually, he's going to pass Jefferson at 88 last year. He's oh. going to pass him for sure. Fewer passing yards than Sam Darnold. Well, I'm pretty sure that Waddle was uh, was 86 catches and like 700 yards. I don't. It's not like he has a thousand yards. But let me double check that yeah, bad boy. No, he has 850. Where does that put him? Do you have that ranking right now? He was tied for third in catches, in yards. He's got a bunch of guys ahead of him because there's already a bunch of guys like Debo. Wasn't Debo already at a thousand? Yeah. Like for yards, for example. The top four guys, Debo's at a thousand, Devontae's at a thousand, Jefferson's at twelve hundred. Like Jefferson's just a dude's a mo- cup's got fourteen hundred. But the the eighty six catches, yeah, he's way down. He's fifteenth. In receptions, though, he's tied for second with Keenan Allen, Tyree Kill, and Jalen Waddle. And That's Cooper Cup nothing. has like a hundred. Cooper Cup has a hundred, yeah. Literally oh. has a hundred. Has a hundred. Incredible. So so Waddle has more catches than guys like Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, who clearly is really good. Uh, John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about Indeed.com slash hammer. Right now, you get a $75 sponsored job credit when you upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible. Think of yourself like Rob Mullins, the AD at Oregon, with the signing day coming less than seven days away, and you need a new head football coach. So what do you need? You need to figure out who your candidates are. You need to pare that list down. You need to interview them, and you need to hire them. And that's where Indeed helps you. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Let Indeed be your search firm. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed.com slash ham. Pick the skills that are important to you from over 135 assessments and get a clear view of your top talents, abilities faster. Is he an OC? Is it QC? Good recruiter? Defensive coordinator? Does it all? Do I have Belichick on my hands? $75 job credit at Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. The number one source for hires in the U.S. according to Talent Nest. A franchise quarterback won't shine without an all-pro O-line. You're the quarterback. Get you some big uglies. I don't know if that's how they want to be referred to it, Indeed, but... They're big beautifuls at Indeed.com slash ham. <laughs> Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. You need Indeed.com slash ham. Could be small uglies. We don't discriminate. I guess <laughs> also brought to you by Liquid IV. Liquid IV. Promo code ham. Get you 25% off anything at LiquidIV.com. LiquidIV.com. Yeah, I mean, you and I have been loyal users since they sent us 7 million pounds of Liquid IV product, and it's fantastic. <laughs> Energy multiplier, they have a hydration multiplier. You just take a swig of your water bottle, pour it in your water bottle. It adds you hydration, nutrients, uh, electrolytes, potassium, more than even a banana, more electrolytes than you know a, a, an orange. You know, th- there's a reason this stuff works. Drinking, you know, you're a little hungover, slam one of these, you feel fantastic. Just go to liquidiv.com, promo code ham, get yourself 25% off. I cannot recommend this stuff enough. Liquidiv.com, go check it out. 
Yeah, right now, two juicy flavors are back, John. Pina Colada and Golden Cherry Hydration oh. Multipliers, the five essential vitamins. Just because you're not sweating doesn't mean you're dehydrated, especially with the holidays coming up. If you're traveling, if you're heading up to the mountains, maybe you got some elevation. Whatever it is you're doing, maybe you're getting just emotionally taxed by your family. You're not sleeping. Kids are on vacation, right? They're not in school. They're up late. And it's just it's fraying you bit by bit by bit. One stick of liquid IV, 16 ounces of water, hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. Plus, they got watermelon and strawberry and lemon lime. Grab your favorite liquid IV flavors nationwide at Walmart or get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code HAM at checkout. That's liquidiv.com, 25% off anything uh, with uh, the code HAM at checkout. Get your better hydration right now at liquidiv.com, promo code HAM. Let's do it. Somebody, did you see that somebody tweeted us today? They photoshopped a ham on Cordell Stewart's body, and they said, this is I all I think that. about when somebody says slash ham. I saw that. I saw that uh, someone forwarded me this rant Fred Smoot went on and about RG3 with his tell-all book, and he called him the ugliest quarterback because the guy, you know, RG3 was claiming that he got, like, sexually assaulted. And these, it was like Fred Smoot and LeVar Arrington were like, I, I, I have a hard time even under, like, what's he even talking about? Yeah. And then he kind of started making fun of him, like, RG3, you're the ugliest quarterback in, like, the history of the league. But then he started talking about, you know, the teams that always had the ugly quarterbacks were the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's like, Big Ben, Bradshaw. He's like, even Slash wasn't that good looking of a guy. And Fred Smoosh just crushing people. But, RG, but, his point on RG3, but his point on RG3 was like, you know, as a player, once you get a little older, you always want to have the one team that just is going to welcome you back. You know, it's like, hey, in town, like, hey, you want to come to a game? And it's like, RG3, that is your only opportunity. You won Rookie of the Year there. Just You're going to just shit on that. They're going to hate you. The Ravens don't even know you existed, even though you played on their team for a year. Like, just, I, I don't know if that's the right tactic to take, because everyone, do you notice ESPN is pumping RG3? It's like, guys, he, he claimed like Cincinnati got a raw deal. It's like RG3's coming out with some takes out of left field. Have you well, seen he's been doing takes? games for them? Have you noticed that? I immediately mute whenever I see that. But to yeah, me, the, the games, games, he's okay. He's not as – I've seen him on some studio shows. Not that I watch studio shows, but in my timeline, he has like – clearly someone got in his ear like, Robert, you know how to make it this company? Fucking just come with some curveballs out of left field. So he'll be like, you know – uh, the best rookie quarterback. He's like, I'm telling you, we haven't seen this guy play a snap, but I'd give a max right now to Kellen Mond. I'm, I, I know him. I, I practice with him. Best. You were, he's like, Whoa. wait, that's a real take. No, no I'm just saying that's like oh, RG 3s oh. move right now is doing yeah. shit like that. Yeah. You got to do. I mean, you got to get on TV as much as possible as you're him. Cause you got all these suits. You're still in playing shape. You got to wear them somewhere. Might as well do games. Might as well be on television. Well, the game. I, yeah, I just, I, I'm sorry. When I see Robert Griffin the third, I can't take him seriously. Like, just like I, I can't say I've even heard much of. I yeah, maybe I haven't watched him. Yeah, they throw but, him on some studio shows. I mean, I've seen him there, but I haven't been like, oh, let's check out this take real quick. It's like the problem is for Robert is that most people look at you and your career is kind of a clown show because like Orlovsky, okay, he ran out of the back of the end zone. We can make fun. of but it's like he was a lifetime backup quarterback, and clearly people just like he was a good teammate. People liked him. Like Robert, you were kind of viewed as like a toxic human being. Like you know, your dad told Mike Shanahan what offense to run by your second year. Like that's and listen, is it fair to get defined by your twenty yourself at twenty three years old? Probably not. But 
Didn't he leave his pregnant wife or something? Like, it's just... I, I don't remember what the deal was. I mean, was it really... No, this can't be right. God, it didn't... Did it feel to you like he played four, eight years in the league? Well, I mean, played how many seven. years... How many years did he play for the football team? Four, but didn't play in 15. Which was been Cousins' time, probably. Then was enough. out in 17 after his year in Cleveland. Came back to three years in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Sashi Brown signed him. <laughs> forgot about that. I forgot about the year he was, he was just out. I guess recovering. From what? I don't know. Why would, He didn't play in a game in 15. I think he just got out because he sucked. Felt like it was over, right? Really, he had one good year of his career, right? Rookie season. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, year two was sixty percent, sixteen touchdown passes, seventeen and uh, twelve interceptions. Sorry, sixteen touchdowns, twelve interceptions, no rushing touchdowns. Year two was he the full time starter? His third year, Did he start sixteen games. Now seven starts. That was the beginning of the end. Then no fifth year option. Then really, it feels like thirteen was kind of the beginning of the end. He led the league in pass attempts in thirteen. Led Cousins was yards. Cousins was pretty lucky. Did he begin starting because he's a mid-round pick on his fourth year of his contract, and then all of a sudden he's going to be a free agent? It's like, right. what do you guys want to do with me? You know, it's yeah. like, you're going to let me go? They're like, fuck, and they just franchise him. It's just like his contract was over, right? He just because he came in the league the same year as Robert. So once he began playing. It's like, well, hey, guys, so we're, we're on year three and a half here. I don't have a seven-year deal. They kind of got a little unlucky the way the timing of it all played out. I guess, what were they going to do, not play the number two overall pick? Like, they, they had to write it out those first couple years. But then once it was over for Robert, Cousins came in and was clearly, like, way better than Robert. That was the other problem. So you're replacing the number two overall pick, and then you come in, and you're just way sweeter. Someone's asking in the chat, does liquid IV taste good? It does. Is it like sparkling? It's not like sparkling water. It's like uh, it'd be like uh, you know the uh, vitamin C packets, emergency, kind of like you just pour it in, slam it. You used you know, the one I have has like a watermelon type flavor. I like it. So I think one thing that was going around, it, it, our uh, you tweeted this. We 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 were on a text thread with somebody who made the point as well that Monday Night Football that the Patriots played uh, Kyle Shanahan's dream game. On Monday Night Football, yeah. I mean, do you agree with that? Do you? I mean, not agree with it. You said it, kind of tongue in cheek, but kind of serious. What do you think Kyle Shanahan's dream game looks like? I'd say the NFC Championship. Maybe not three attempts. I mean, to me, part of that game, it's easy to make fun of it. It, it was twenty degrees and seventy-five mile an hour winds, right? It was weird because, like on TV, the winds. It didn't feel that windy until they like kind of showed shots of flags and stuff, right? Yeah. I think his dream game is not like Andy Reid's dream game is seven hundred yards in the air. That's not arguable. Like it would be, it would be fifty points on the board, and at minimum six touchdowns. Maybe he'd get a running touchdown for Clyde or something, but it's throwing the ball. I, I think we can. It, we don't need to really argue this one about Kyle, what he prefers, and that's running the football. So does his dad. Like, it's it's the family motto is the zone runs, right? Right, right. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is that part's not debatable. But I think you know, he wants a sweet quarterback more than maybe Bill. Like, I don't think Bill cares. I do think Kyle does care. That's where I, I would I see where yeah, you're going. I, 
like 2019, the 49ers were 29th in pass attempts. They went to the Super Bowl. Could have won the Super Bowl. They were 13th in yards, though. So when they did throw, they were really good throwing the football. But weren't they the number one rushing team and their defense was one of the best? That's right. And I think that's fantastic. But I don't think – I here's what I don't think about. Um, these two things, it's kind of a – they go hand in hand. You, part of the reason you don't throw the football sometimes is because you can't throw the football. Throwing the football is a great way to get the football down the field. And running the football is also a great way to get the ball down the field, but it requires more things to go right because, by and large, the plays you run – they don't go as far as the plays you throw. Throwing the football is a more efficient way to get the ball down the field as long as you, you know, can limit mistakes if you're not turning it over. But I getting the check that's true. Like you don't nobody wants to be in a tie game kneeling on the football with 45 seconds left at the end of a half. You'd love to have a quarterback that you can trust to get the ball down the field in 45 seconds or a minute or whatever. So, I think yes, Kyle would love to never have to, every coach I think would love to never have to throw the football and just run the whole game, maybe with the exception of Andy. If you're like, that means I control the game. My quarterback never turns it over. He doesn't check. He doesn't read to the third play. It's just here's the play, run the ball, let's go, and let's take their soul. Because Thank I do. Least. I saw Mitchell. I saw Mitchell Schwartz tweet this the other day, and I think he's right in the comment. I've heard football people say this over the years, just talking to people. I'm sure you have too. Like part of running the football is about establishing a physical. Uh, imprint on a game. This is what we are. At the end of the day, football is a physical sport. You can't play it without physicality. And so if you're going to be the more physical team, you do something to the football game by playing the game that way. Right. Even if sometimes statistically throwing the ball makes more sense, there is a, there's just a style of football, physical foot. You just have to be a physical football team to win. You just look at the college football playoff over the years. Right. But in the in the NFL, probably more than college football, unless you play in the Big Ten, December games and January games, when you just look at a lot of the top teams historically the last 20 years, right? New England, uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, you know, Cincinnati's had a lot of playoff teams. Uh, Green Bay, uh, you, you're talking Kansas City. Like, you're uh, the NFC probably has less. You know, Seattle, they've been good. Like, you go in there, it gets cold and wet. Like, it's just part of being able to run the ball is the elements like you saw last night factor in, you know, it, it, the weird part is for Kyle at, you know, in San Francisco, if his team is consistently a high level team, the weather's not really going to play that much of a factor. Right. But for a lot of these people, like for Bill Belichick, he cannot avoid the weather for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Ravens and, and Andy, it, the weather is part of what they're doing. Now I do think Andy's unique is he's coached in the weather his entire career. So I think he's just more comfortable. Like he knows what to call, I guess, in certain situations. Like he's seen as nothing in Philadelphia before he even got to Kansas City. Like what would work or what wouldn't work. Yeah. yeah. I, I do think that factors in, you know, probably more than college football, right? December yes. games and, and obviously yeah. playoff games in the NFL. I agree. I agree. Um, there's no chance. The NFC beside Green Bay, it's probably a little less impactful than the AFC. Part of that, the giant, the NFC East with the Giants and the Eagles have been shitty the last couple of years, so you're never going right. playoff games there. Atlanta's been indoors forever. Tampa's warm as hell, and the Saints is an indoor place. So there, there, there's a division that's been out of it, and then the South, which has produced a couple teams over the decade, has either been indoors or it's really sunny. Well, you know, to that end, was funny just as an aside, watching the Pac-12 championship game 
Friday. And a bear did suck fe- always. The, uh, yeah. Although the Cardinals just won there in 35-degree temperatures, so even though the Bears aren't a playoff team, it is like the Cardinals kind of proved something this week. They could play in that weather, uh, although they did it against the Bears. But watching the Pac-12 title game on Friday, I w- it, re- I, it hit me like this game feels bigger to me than it used to. Now, maybe part of it, the crowd was better because it's in Vegas. I think, yeah, it was sweet. But I think part of it was it looked like all the other championship games. It looked like the Big 12 championship game. It looked by being inside. I love an outdoor game on grass, but an indoor game in a sweet modern stadium on artificial surface, that's what the Sugar Bowl looks like. That's what the Peach Bowl looks like. It's what the college football playoffs look like, unless the game's at the Fiesta or the Rose. It's what the national championship generally looks like. It's what all those preseason big games when they play at Jerry World, which is where the Big 12 plays their title game, the Big 10 title game in Indianapolis, the Mercedes-Benz Dome where the SEC title game is, all these big college football games are indoors with the exception of the Fiesta and the Rose Bowl and when those games are CFP games. But all the playoff games are inside games. So that's another reason. It- One conference championship game was outdoors. I saw someone tweet the ratings. It was by far the lowest viewed game, which was the ACC championship game that's played at Carolina Stadium. Oh, yeah, ACC. The SEC had 15 million people. Uh, the Big Ten, I think, had nine. The Big 12 had eight. And where's the Big 12? Oh, they play in Jerry's World. And the Pac-12 had like four and a half. The, yeah. the ACC was like two. And I, honestly, I tried to watch a little bit. I had on the second TV. I changed it to another. Like It is a hard watch. Their crowd, their crowd though, had like what the Levi's crowd used to have. I, I do think the Vegas thing was a huge hit for the Pac-12. Yeah. And a lot of Utah fans, which helped. That's only five and a half hours. Anyway, back to Kyle. Um so, yes, I think fundamentally, but I think what we've seen in a lot, the, the drafting of Trey Lance, you know, the joke being that's what Kyle would love to do, Jimmy Garoppolo, that's the offense. That's the game he'd love to call with Jimmy, but the drafting of Trey Lance is the acknowledgement that you can't just rely on that forever. You can't just rely on being in total control of the game as the head coach and running the football all the time. Running backs get hurt. Your running backs get hurt. Sometimes your quarterback has to be able, and Josh Allen, like if the Bills had won the game, what would have been the story of the game instead? Instead, Josh of, Allen's arm penetrates the win. Yes, that's right. That would have been the story. Like Josh Allen, his team got dominated on the ground, absolutely dominated. They got the, the run game, they got scrubbed. And Josh Allen out of the pocket, making plays, finding a way. That would have been the story of the game. Why well, text you last night? I do think. There is just as productive but less violent on your running back is the the deep handoff over the pitch slash toss does feel like Kyle sends people to injured reserve. It's like that game was equally as physical on the ground, but doesn't it feel that just like the fullback, Mac deep handoff for the like the outside run to the edge is a less violent play than the toss sweep? Because the toss sweep feels like an absolute war of collisions and on both sides, and which is awesome. But goddamn, the Niners lose people for two years. I watched everyone. The only time the Patriots had an injury running outside on the edges the whole night was when uh, Damian Harris's hamstring tightened up. Other than that, after every guy like a fifteen-yard run, right? Yeah, every guy would just pick each other up on both sides. It felt like God, it's a pretty clean game. Kyle's toss sweeps feels like someone's gonna die. Because, because I think you get extra room to run. Like when you're running on a mesh point, I have to hit you on the toss. I'm gaining depth and then I'm seeing it. So I'm getting like extra room to get some speed. 
Kyle's got to figure out a way to run the just do what the Patriots did. I'm not saying get rid of the toss because I think that's Kyle's favorite play in the playbook in 2021. What would you say his favorite play in the playbook is so far this year? The toss. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he loves the toss. I mean, it's the the first Kyle's game plan. Because in fairness to him, it's worked a lot. It's like, is my toss going to work this this game? Because if it is, then I'll just run it ten times the first quarter. And if it's not, then we'll just try some other plays. But get ready. To me, the number one thing, like for the Bengals, protect the edges on that first two drives of the game. Because he's going to run the toss at minimum to both sides. Over under probably be five and a half in his first several drives. Because all he has to do is hit one, and then you're immediately getting two more, so you're at three. Yeah, is he going to start the game calling the game the way he called the game after Garoppolo's interceptions? Where it's just like, eh, he is not throwing the football right now. Right. But Which he, started, is usually the, the he started that game like to start the Rams game, to start the, you know, other games. He just started the game, the Minnesota game. Like he'll just start like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The hope is that he gets, a, I think his hope is that he gets a two score lead and never throws the rest of the game. Well, but say, that's hey, not listen, ideally what, I mean, that's not, you know, when he had Matt Ryan, he was a top two throwing offense. Well, it's like, okay, you're playing Cincinnati this week. I don't, I, you know, let's just assume the weather's going to be okay. Like just a 50, you know, cold Midwest day. Here's what Belichick self-scout would say. Listen, everyone thinks the toss is coming. And listen, I don't tell you not to run the toss because if Elijah Mitchell doesn't have a seventh con- concussion and fourth broken finger, hand him the ball. But what if you just, on the first play of the game, threw a deep bomb? Do you know who would not see that coming? I don't know. Nobody, because you would never do that. I predicted that was coming last week. Part of what Belichick's strength is, and you and I talked about this before we jumped on, is how unemotional he is to any given play or any given scheme. It's like, I'm just trying to win the game. Like, there is no debate. Kyle is emotionally tied to his offense. I'd even say this, like, what is Josh McDaniel's offense? Well, ideally, it's the same as Bill Belichick's defense. Just find a way to use the people we have. Yeah. But if I gave him tomorrow... Like, what's his identity? If he were the head coach... yeah, but if I gave Josh McDaniels, now you could say this for any offensive coordinator, but if I just gave him Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams and I took away his tight ends, they would immediately just change their offense, right? I think it would be hard for a lot of coaches because a lot of coaches, and this to me is the Patriots, the Patriot way truly is like, there is no, we have to know everything. And I just wonder like as Kyle adapts and we'll see this with Trey, can he just incorporate things that like, I give Harbaugh credit. Now, he's not the offensive coordinator. He's just the head coach. But he clearly, once they got Lamar, like, we just got to change our whole thing around the guy. Right? Because for five years with Flacco or whatever, they clearly look not like they just, Harbaugh wasn't tied to any offense. Like, could, could, now, Kyle did it once upon a time as the offensive coordinator with his dad, with Robert. They just ran the pistol, remember? Yeah, I, I, I think, I think he has the capability. I, I, and I think he will. I, I think the question is, will Trey, can he develop Trey Lance into being the guy that can, you know, much like a, I guess, much like parenting, eventually you, you know, you let the child go and they're on their own and you take the training wheels off and that means that they can ride all over. Will Trey ever become that guy who can play outside of Kyle's control? And you said it on the last podcast. Ultimately, now we can argue all day long if he's doing the right thing. And I think it's fair to say that, you know, going all in on Jimmy, to, it'd be one thing if they were eight and four. Or nine and three, be like, hey, listen, you know, veteran quarterback, you got to do it, try to win this year. Fuck, we're about next year, next year. They're six and six. <laughs> you lose this game, all of a sudden it's like, was this for not? But he's done everything possible to build this thing around Jimmy's strengths and yeah. a lot of his weaknesses. Yep. 
Um, that's part of what makes the Trey Lance era so fascinating is how does it look different, right, with a different quarterback. Uh, Brady on the stream says the Bills, the Bills clock management, wasting timeouts in the third. Believe me, Middlecoff and I were texting about, or you sent me a text about that. That's two guys that had the Bills plus three. And Belichick going for the two point at the beginning of the game were examples of why Bill was out coaching the Bills. Did Bill was your impression that Bill went for two there because they were driving into the wind at that point and that going that way was that why you thought it was or well, did, was at, it, the, at the time I didn't quite know right because they hadn't flipped fields and stuff but yeah I mean as the game went I mean on, the I ball going the other way was the one that got the opening kickoff into the stands yeah so he's kicking into the wind which you know if you, uh, the extra points now which ironically Bill fought for right to make I know it back. I thought of that during the game. But he doesn't care. See, he's like, I'll fight for this. This is the rule. This is what's going to happen. The difference, though, is with Sean McDermott, I will defend him a little bit on one of them. And Peyton mentioned this to Eli. Should they start using their timeouts in the third because they're with the wind this quarter? Interesting. And one of them, it is the clock got down, like, and they were in the red zone. I Do you fall in a game like that where the weather's playing a crazy condition? You're only getting in the red zone so many times. When you do get into a compromising where you're up against the clock, like, it, 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 to me, in a 28 to 30 game, yeah, it's like, come on, guys, do whatever. But in a game that for 15 points was going to win it, I can't f- crush you on your quarterback not looking at the clock and you calling a timeout to bail him out. Yeah, part of it was, this is, you're right, to defend the Bills for a second was they, it felt like in the third Missed quarter, a challenge, one more score, right? One more, uh, if you could get a touchdown, that we'd win the game. You know, we, we'd win the game. And they would have, a touchdown would have won them the game. And it would have at least gotten us a push. Although the Patriots probably don't kick a field goal. Well, they might have kicked the field goal still. They would have actually, because that was beginning of the fourth quarter that Nick Folk made it 14 to 10. So yeah, that's actually not a terrible point. Like we're going to need the touchdown and we're going to need, at that point, it would have been 11 to seven. They're down 11 to seven. So a touchdown makes it 13. Yeah. So you, so you would have needed the extra point. Yeah. The difference though is, they didn't throw it that much in that first half that it was cleared by the fourth quarter. It's like, hey, Sean, Sean Josh, can. Th- it doesn't matter which way you're going. Like, he can throw it in this. Like, I w- would have been fascinated to me, and we didn't get to see with Mac, but like Mac and Jimmy have very similar arms. What would it have looked like if a guy like Mac, Jimmy, Alex Smith, would it have it probably would have fluttered, right? End of the wind. Alex was there. They should have had him throw a few balls. He did. He was playing catch with Randy. I saw him Instagram oh, really? story. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get to more like it. And I sent him the lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the performance package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time. To top it off, the performance package throws in two free gifts boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code HAM at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, code HAM. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch time. Butcherbox.com slash HAM helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was 
homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks i love it it's download the app today use code ham 50 for the first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars today's episode is sponsored by nerd wallet's smart money podcast nerd wallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much needed clarity in the finance world the nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the cowboys in the playoffs planning your tax bill so you don't dread april every year and saving on travel, vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. And it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry 
and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run, well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event, concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the Game Time app now. So Debo, what's up? I mean, your guest right now. Debo said last week he'd be back this week. Is Debo Samuel back for the Bengals game right now? What's your guess? Tuesday, December 7th. I would say he does not play this week. Doesn't feel like I'm not expecting. I'm not expecting him to play. Which uh, my first reaction, if that's the case, is I I get it because what's more important is that you have him for several games. I I do think they should be able to win this game without Debo, but obviously he's incredible. It's a a pretty big blow. He's a huge (laughs) key to their offensive success. Like we saw last week, it's it's very difficult without them. For them to get to 23 points, Kittle needed to have, I mean, I has Waller or Kelsey had a 180-yard game? Like, that's probably one of the better games a tight end has had all season. Like, that's that's what it took. A remarkable game from Kittle, who's just scoring sweet touchdowns, fucking breaking tackles, who's just a man-child. It's hard to, like, I can't expect him to have back-to-back games of even 150 yards. I mean, hell, I, if you said, hey, Kittle gives you 100 yards... If I said 100 yards, you'd sign up for that. 150 yeah. yards? How many times is like Jefferson or Devontae Adams in back-to-back games? It's difficult. Because to me, the game plan, if you're the Bengals, I, I'm, and Kyle mentioned this yesterday about the, the final plays. They were you know scheduled to Kittle. They, he doubled both times. Mm-hmm. I would not wait to the red zone to double Kittle. I would double him <laughs> yeah. all game long everywhere he goes. And a double, it's not like basketball where two guys just stay on you the whole time. It's more of like a bracket. You know, that's the way kind of football works with like one guy in front of you, one guy behind you kind of, you know, mirroring you. To me, if I was on Cincinnati's coaching staff or a scout or whatever, like, hey, I haven't watched this team, take 85 away and obviously, you know, play the run well, it'll be very, very difficult. Like, he's not going to dice you up with Sherfield and Juwan Jennings. No, but this is maybe an IU game then. Well, that's fine. Maybe that's I what mean, it can, becomes. Brandon, can both of like those guys get a total of 200? Well, not if you're playing Kittle the way you're talking about. But if one guy starts killing you, it opens it up a little bit. That's the way. It's like, you know, it's one you're of those basketball situations. A, a seven for 80 game. Because don't you feel how Clay really kind of came on as like, okay, we go all out to get Steph. And then and then eventually yeah. Clay like just fucking just destroying people. It's like, well, what are we going to do? All right. Right. Ayuk hasn't got to that point yet where he can be treated like Debo and Kittle. That's where it's like he can just easily cruise as the third guy when they're all together. It does get a little more difficult for him, even though I, I think the guy's really talented. I mean, I've been very bullish from what I've seen on Ayuk. Like quarterback more than him. Yeah. He's got three touchdowns this year, which, again, I, I, I know what I've seen. I felt good about Brandon Ayuk, too. I'm not judging him by that number. But he's never going to be a big red zone target. No, you know, if he's going to have like six or seven touchdowns on a season, my guess would be a couple, probably half of them always come outside the red zone. Yeah, maybe not like 60, 70 yards, but like 
35 yard post or, you know, make a guy miss, maybe an outbreak, a tackle, you know, sprint to the end zone. His biggest games this year, six for 89 and a lost Arizona, seven for 85 and a win over Jacksonville. Um, you know, obviously against Minnesota had a couple of big plays, felt more impactful than three for 91. But this would be a great week for a seven for 85 and a touchdown against Cincinnati. Because you're right. I, they, Kittle is not, you haven't had a defense prepare for a Niners game coming off of a Kittle performance like that this year. I actually think, and I had this thought last night, if Belichick's going to get rid of Nikhil Harry at the end of the season, I could see the Niners trading for him. Obviously, you wouldn't trade much for him, but he blocks. And I remember them talking about him. They liked him a lot coming out because I think he blocked. Obviously, they got the right guy in Debo Samuel. But I could see the Niners getting their hands on Nikhil Harry as like a little reclamation project because they do kind of like that bigger body type. You know, that Kyle, Is he Juwan better than Jennings. Juwan Jennings at this point? Well, he, Nikhil's a, I mean, a top five blocker in the league outside. You see that guy last night? Just crushing people. Yeah. I give him a lot of credit. You're right. You give him a lot of credit for sticking in there. Now, maybe part he doesn't really have a choice, but... How many wide uh, receivers do you know that just want to fucking throw it around? Nobody does, but he might not have a choice. Like Bill's like, hey, man, here's what's going to happen. I'm not going to trade you. You're going to do what I want this year, and maybe you'll do what I want next year, and I'm going to reward you for it. And the answer is like, oh, really? How are you going to w- reward me, Bill? And the answer is with 10 targets. He has, Nikhil Harry has 10 targets this year. What's his uh, catch to target ratio? Eight to 10, 80% catch rate. Is that pretty good? Well, it's better than the fifty percent he had as a rookie. That's hasn't been a smooth transition. So to the pros, I don't know. I, I, uh, I think it's got to be an IU game. Especially, we'll see what the Bengals with Joe Burrow's health is like. But they can make big plays on that on that team. And you're down your best cornerback this week. Burrow's health is a big part. Like, can Burrow throw the ball with a formerly dislocated pinky? Yeah, we, you just got to pray he's got mallet finger. <laughs> I actually hope he's healthy because I do enjoy watching them. Yeah, well, you him know, and I, I, I know. Mixon got banged up in that game, too. He's been, I'm telling you, guy, that guy's a really, really good player. I mean, he is, you know, the, the kind of the core top guys, right? The Derrick Henry McCaffrey gets mentioned that way, and he is that talented, but he's always injured. Yeah. But Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, you know, just like the best running backs. I don't think this guy gets the quite the love, but I, I think he's every bit. You know, he's got he has twelve rushing touchdowns this season. Wow. He has the other thing he can catch the ball. How many catches does he have? I mean, guy, he has twenty six catches. So he's going to end up with 35 catches, probably 13, 1,400 yards, and like 15 rushing touchdowns to go along with. He's a he's a dynamic player. And obviously, you know, Jamar Chase. I, was, I read this article in The Athletic today. You know, for him, just because the standard's so high, even though he's actually having a pretty productive season, and he's had some really, you know, Great games. But he's also, last week, did you see the highlight of the ball that bounced off him that the Chargers picked off? He's just had some plays where I think he's been hit or miss catching the ball. But him, Higgins, and Boyd, if you just combine their productivity, those three, now granted, Joe Burrow's a real, they're playing with a good quarterback. Like, they're playing with a quarterback that, how many teams in the league would immediately trade their quarterback for? 20? 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe more. It'd be high. Yeah, it'd, it'd be hot. Like John Schneider's like, hey, we, wait, Burles, we, can we guys take Russell? For, uh, I'll, take, I'll take the young guy. I went to his pro day, and, and Russell got mad. Um, actually, it was Josh Allen's pro day, but yeah, just th- their offense is going to be a problem because their guys can all catch, including their running back. And last time I checked, the Niners aren't exactly a, you know, LOB covered unit. No, but I mean, they will. I think Burrow has, do you have Burrow's number? I think he's double-digit interceptions this year. Yeah, he's got a little like uh, I was gonna say Josh Allen hero sin. He just he always thinks he can just get them out of it, right? You you see a lot of his highlights are scrambling around. He's to me he's got like a Tony Romo vibe to him, which is fun. I mean, I <laughs> more mean, talented, I'd say. You agree with he's that? Got four, he's got 14, 14 picks. Fourteen picks. Do you know how many touchdowns he's thrown? Twenty eight. Yeah, I mean twenty three. Twenty is high. 28 would be high. 14 picks is a lot. So he will turn the ball over. You got to get a lead on him, which is the story of every Niner game. I'm not breaking any news. The Niners just better be, like, if they're on, it's at home. He is, and this offense, given their secondary, to me would be capable of, like, throwing four touchdowns. I don't Mm -hmm. think it would be crazy if you were a fantasy, daily fantasy player. Take him. Now, they're... Their offensive line is pretty bad, so Bosa should fucking destroy them. They got after. It's gonna Herbert be tough. Last week. I, it's gonna be tough. They got after Herbert last week. They really got Who's, after I, Herbert last I, week. I did read that or heard he was missing three of his five offensive. Like they they had three backups in the Chargers. Yeah. I think Burrow leads the league in picks. He does leads the league in picks. Just trying to make plays, John. All right, it is time. It is time for another oh you know what i don't think i where's my i meant to grab the uh shave it or shave it or save it shave it or save it. why don't you tell the people john about shave it or save it and what it means to this show well you got a bald guy and you got a guy with great hair and uh here's what we need you to do if you're thinking about it and i know a lot of guys are in their 20s sometimes early 20s sometimes late 20s sometimes lucky the lucky few doesn't hit to your 30s the i mean the very very lucky few get to their 40s or 50s but if you're thinking about it, and we all go through it, that lose our hair, the insecurity of what should you do? And it's hard. Like, you know, your wife, or your girlfriend, or your mom, like, it's hard to get that advice, right? It's really more of a guy thing. And we are here for you. So send us pictures of the front, side, and top. And we need when you do the top, not just the front, but the back too, you know, you get that little, that missing spot in the back. Uh, and send us pictures, and we will tell you where whether to shave it Shave it or save it. All right, everybody, come on down. Today's contestant is Travis. Travis sent us a DM, and his question is shave it or save it. We got a picture of Travis hanging out at the beach here. Uh, he's in the shade, John, so he doesn't, he's not wearing a hat. I'm presumably looks like he's got a, a you know, quite a bit of red going on, maybe on that uh, very, on that smooth dome. Oh, he's a redhead, so I'd imagine this is an SPF 75 situation here. Um, and here is the situation with our buddy Travis, who DM'd and said, what should I do, guys? He said, here are three different photos. In fact, we ended up with four. One is from the top down with my son. You can see thin hair in the middle. One is without facial hair, and one is with facial hair. Is it time for me to shave my head and grow my beard when I'm out of the military? 
or is it time to save it? So let's take a look at some of the pictures we'll be working with, what Travis was able to share with us. Uh, we had our, our first photo here, kind of a, a side photo. It gives you some of the, um, what we like to call the power alleys there. That'd be one if, you know, I, you know, he has a son, so maybe he's married. If he's married, if he's if he was single, that would be one like would be your Tinder profile. It's like you're on <laughs> yes. vacation, you're loose, but you're good looking, but you got the yep. water in the background, you're ready yep. for a good time, you know? Yep. This photo says I go places. Yeah, I can um, afford to travel to sweet destinations. Then this would be his photo. next photo. Yep, here's yeah. another photo. He's I, I, this looks like army to me. Uh him and uh Lieutenant Colonel Pope there, I'm not sure. Uh but we got we got high and tight. This looks like a zero on the sides. Doesn't give us a great look at the top, but you know, it, it does. We'll get back to this photo. Um, here's the photo he mentioned with his son. Um, also redhead. Also redhead, where he's got his head down, and uh, he's he's uh, baiting baiting a hook there, and it gives us a little bit of a view of what we're, we've got on the top, and kind of how he his hair gets combed forward. You can see. Uh, can you let me get a little closer here? We can see a little bit. Ah, shoot. Now I, you can tell it's 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 definitely thinner up top, and I think when he shaved. When he had shorter hair in the photo with uh, Lieutenant Pope, which might be his wife, or might have just been a fling at you know the uh, the Marine dinner, uh, that he he's receding, and you can tell here he grew it out and kind of moves it forward right there. That's a move. So you think right here what we're looking at, he's covering up some of the uh, the power alley there with with some with the forward comb. Well, I think I'm gonna listen, Travis. I, I'm I, I have nothing but respect for your service. You are a badass being in the military, but. You obviously got some hair problems going on because right now you obviously are receding. And can you tell the thickness is not really there no, up top? This is, this is he's got less he's got less depth than the uh, 49er secondary here, John. Very thin. Yeah, top. if if we wanted to use you know uh, a war analogy, you're surrounded right now. And I don't think you have help coming, right? And and for reference, he sent us. He said, "Look, this is me before when I had the beard. I'm thinking about shaving it and growing the beard out." Here's a photo of 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 uh, this. This photo is <laughs> he's staring right into my eyes. It's making me a little uncomfortable. Imagine but, him with like an you know an AR behind a tree and you're the bad guy. He Travis would be coming after you. Yeah, ass. he looks like God. That is 2020 ready to right mow there. down the the bad guys. So that's an idea. That I um you know this is definitely a shave candidate. I will say this before we as we go through it. I think he's got a you tell you know better than me. I think he's got a very very good dome here. This dome would work bald. He's got very good dome structure, I would say. Don't you agree? Honestly, Travis, and I, I'm a heterosexual male, your facial structure is good. I, I actually don't like the full, long, crazy, you know, like beard he had going. I agree. I think you you have a good, like when you did this full shave face right there, even if you just have some stubble, I think you could just shave the head, maybe not even with a Bic razor, but just go relatively short, like a two or a three, yeah, and rock some stubble, rock the clean shave look. I think he looked pretty good. Yeah, I, here's the medium beard, just to give you an idea. The medium beard. I think the medium beard works much better than the uh, Charlie Blackman. I play baseball beard. Yeah, the, the Charlie Blackman, is, or, or I'm a backup guard for uh, the Minnesota, you know, Vikings. Type yeah, look. nobody wants to see your the the your, your the rice from your burrito two hours yeah. later. Um, the medium beard works. But I'm with you here. I'm gonna do something here. I think that hair John. in that picture where the water's in the back, like he, it's just much shorter. I think he pulls yeah. that off pretty well. And I think I, a lot of guys that are holding on for the for you know the last couple innings, which may for him be four or five years, you could rock that for a long period of time. That look. 
Uh, you agree? This right here. Yeah. I don't think this is a must shave as we talk it through because I think it's he can rock a hair that is not that doesn't appear like he's holding on to something that he doesn't have. He's not covering it up. Um, but I also think let's do this for those of you watching this. I'm just going to scroll this photo up so it looks like he's bald. There you go. That's a look of what he would look like bald and clean shaven. I think now, it works this, because you're right. He's got kind of got he's like you. He's got some looks like he's got a hint of dimples there. Um, I good looking guy. I I agree. That works right there. Yeah. But I would not. I wouldn't feel obligated to do the beard thing. You know. No. Shave your and then what's what, what are you uh, in the Marines? You're like, yeah, actually, I was. <laughs> you know, it's a great conversation starter. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah. I mean, his eyebrow, he doesn't have, you know, because of his hair color, he doesn't have, um, like, I think the long beard look looks like, you know, he he was going off on a mission or something. And he just doesn't, you know, it's just whatever. I I think the look he had at the the Marine Ball. Yeah, this is a good good, look. It's a good photo right here. Uh, It's a great photo. Lieutenant Pope's all over you. It's a good photo because it's like, is that are you in a relationship with that person? Is it you just showing other women like, look, I'm cool with women, women like me, good face, bow tie, you know, obviously a service member. So yeah, you got a lot going on. That, that photo is also a good little, you know, primer to other women too, because like, yeah, even if we're not in a relationship, you can tell we got chemistry and we have hooked up. So I got that type vibe. <laughs> yeah, just and like responsible. Here I am being a good dad. Yeah. What does it look like he's doing there? He's, he's baiting a hook, John. Oh, he's going fishing. Yeah, just yeah. out, you know, just have quality time with my son. No big deal. Yep. Looks like they're uh, they're on the base in uh, maybe in uh, Carolina, somewhere in the probably, uh, you know, the, the south, maybe. Think, think how much sweeter it is to be at like Fort Bragg than Travis Air Force Base in Vallejo, Fairfield. Vacaville, <laughs> yeah. It's like why would I I would much rather be at like the Carolina Shores than uh than yeah, where are you where are you stationed? Oh, Fairfield, Vacaville area. <laughs> it's I know. like where are you? Oh, Pendleton, San Diego. Uh c- hey, can I get shipped down there? I know. Yep. There are some good bases and there are some not as good bases. Uh having been in the military. I mean, not me. <laughs> My dad, having <laughs> traveled. Uh let's see, John, a few comments here. Uh uh, I'd go full beard and shave the head, says Brady. Miss Vic, VKC, yep, it's time to let it go. Thank you for your service. <laughs> but you don't need the facial hair. Jonathan says, drop the top, my guy. So um, I, I I think this is not this is not an emergency. We don't need to sound the alarm and uh, get everybody on the uh, deck of the uh, battleship here and shave it. But I think you could clear the deck and it will work. I, but I, I, yeah, the more we talk about it, to me, this is actually more about the shave. This is more about the beard. It turns out the more we talk about this. I agree. I think you're, you look good, cleanly shaved. The one other thing I'll add is if he sticks with this haircut where he doesn't shave the top, but keeps it like a zero on the side, people will say to you, you're the military. You're like, no, I was <laughs> not anymore. But you might just get that question a lot, which, you know, if you served honorably, is a good question to get asked. Also, I know it's his photo, but it also has the feel that Lieutenant Pope is the one that initiated, like, let's take a photo vibe kind of going. Doesn't well, it? Lieutenant, I mean, Lieutenant Pope's holding the camera, I would say. Yeah. A, a, a so Colonel Pope. He, I don't know. Maybe how do he took I Colonel find... Pope's uh, her Facebook page. Colonel I don't know Pope, what their if, ranks if you're single yet. and she's single, you know, you might want to hit her up. Looks like she's vibing for you. <laughs> 
Maybe she's your wife. I don't know. <laughs> she has good good work. Not that. Yeah, that looked that, that looked like uh, headed to basic training, trying to get his mind right. Right. You're better looking now than you were then. Put it that way. I mean, you yeah. you know. Well, yeah, people get look better right. looking when they age. There you go. So that's Hopefully. another edition of uh, shave it or save it. So I think we're saying. This is like a third and two situation, a second and two maybe. You can run the ball, you can throw the ball. Not urgent. Either I like I like the short hair look. I wish I would be able to pull that off. I just don't have yeah. enough hair up top. Yeah, it gives I gladly a good sense would, of what he look like bald. Gives a good, good sense luck to of what you, Travis. Like bald. Yeah, good luck, Travis. Thanks for your service, and uh, thanks for participating in another edition of Shave It or Save It. Uh, it's all done with love and appreciation for each and every one of you that. Uh, We've had now four shave it or save it's every single person. Thank you for your bravery in uh, letting us judge you. Armchair quarterback, your head. No, oh, I mean we. You want to do that? We, you want to do that on Friday? Do that on yeah, Friday. yeah. Let's do that on Friday or Thursday, really. Thursday. It's in a couple yeah. days. Maybe Oregon will hire a coach by then. Maybe not. Last question. One last one for you. What would what, what would your timeline? Do you think they get a coach by the signing day coming up? I yeah, I think they got to. I mean, signing days. See, they just they just lost a commit. I know. I think they've got problem it. of having all the five stars. Those guys, you know, they, a lot of people start calling them. Yeah. The good thing is, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of jobs, like a lot of jobs are filled right now. So it's not like you're competing with six other programs that are, you know, Notre Dame has hired. LSU has hired. USC has. Hired. Well, that's a problem. They're recruiting the same kids as those guys. Those guys want that player. I saw they lost the tackle. I, I mean, when it comes to he hiring to like, USC or something. I mean, when it comes to hiring the coach, no, you're I, not, I know, I know. What you're but you're right. The other side of that is everyone else's. I think you got to move quick. Like I think you got to move by the end of the week. I wish you could just this tweet week. out. Don't fucking talk to any of our players, or we'll not be able to do anything legally. But don't do it. <laughs> well, the other, the flip side, right? Oregon is still a hell of a place to play football. No, yeah, so you could definitely go. You know what? I'm committed there. It's still sweet. But as we know, coaches, people always say, "Don't commit to the coach. Commit to the place." But it doesn't work like that mo- often. One scary part is like, what if you look up and 17 of your sweet young players are transfer portal? You're like, oh my god. <laughs> Well, but that's the I do think as much as people are upset about the early signing period kind of making this very difficult, the portal does help offset that a little bit. Because if you nail the hire, then you can get some guys through the portal, even if you missed out on some guys, you know, during the early signing period. Not ideal. We know the fundamental best way to build a program is with, you know, players that you can develop over the course of three years. But yeah. Saban so use the transfer portal. Everybody's using the transfer portal. Yeah. Just you don't want it to be your main mode of you know. Talent. Nick, where do you get your transfer portal guys? Yeah, we just three schools: Clemson, Georgia, or Ohio State. If any of those guys want to transfer, we'll take calls. But that's it. <laughs> you, know? you think there's like a high level portal where like Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama? I think so because the the sweet wide receiver Mechie's right hand guy is an Ohio State transfer. He just was in that room, right? It's just like they they're not like oh Fresno State's got a guy thinking about leaving like. Nick doesn't waste any time looking at it, right? Well, who was the guy that left Fresno State and went to Oklahoma a few years ago after Derek Carlett? Wasn't it after? It was Jay. It was Jalen. He was an NFL player. What was his last Saunders. Saunders. Jalen Saunders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was pretty remarkable, right? That's as good. That's a good thing for your program. You for know, those who don't idea. remember him, think uh, think Deshaun Jackson. He that played the for the Jets. I think he was a fourth yeah. round pick. No, no. Uh, but that was the idea. By the way, real quick, Kenny Pickett, who was one of the finalists for the Heisman, 
his did you see his fake slide the other day in the uh in the pit game the acc championship game? yeah i saw i saw, I saw. <laughs> do you think that play should be what what should happen on that play nothing a flag or just play blown dead at the spot of a fake slide well, it's impossible to go flag because then, like, you know, when a quarterback will be 10 yards down the field and running and do the fake pump fake, which is yeah. clearly like you don't get flagged for that. No. You, you don't know, get sometimes flagged running for that, back will but, fake, like, uh, you know, people have done a fake pitch and a guy will stop. Like, part of life is being able to ad lib on the fly, right? I gave him so much respect for the play and the athleticism. Some people said, ah, I don't think it was on purpose. I guess the reason for the flag would be. If you just blow the play dead at the spot where the guy fakes the slide, then there's no you're never de-incentivized from doing it. You don't want guys faking, you don't want guys sliding and then getting crushed by a defender who thought they were faking it. And so you don't ever want quarterbacks to fake a slide. Uh kind of like Well, I'd argue what what Wilson has been what Russell has turned into with his slide is no longer a slide. It's more of like Kind of baiting you in, hopefully you helmet to helmet me. Have you noticed that he the last sits, couple of weeks? Like last second. Yeah, and then he just kind of hits the ground, but he doesn't slide. He, he kind of gives himself off, but he doesn't really. Yeah. It's more fucked up than what Kenny Pickett did. I think Kenny Pickett just kind of ad libbed on the fly. Like, I'm kind of going to do this. Then he realized I got a little, I got a little, uh, little room on the right. <laughs> if you're going to do it and you're only going to get one shot at it, because the next time you fake it, you're going to get blasted, you better score a touchdown on it. And he scored a touchdown on it. It was an awesome play. Awesome Fresno State has hired Jeff Tedford, finalizing the deal now. So, Kenny, uh, I almost said Kenny. Tim Skipper, defensive coordinator. Have we seen that yet? That's a pretty good hire. You know, Jeff Tedford, before, hell yeah, it's it a worked. Hire. <laughs> it's an incredible hire. It worked. They got, I would say Kalen the dogs, DeBoer was his assistant coach. I'd say the dogs are very, very lucky to have a high-level Pac-12 coach, the winningest coach in the history of Cal, being alumni there and clearly just kind of like it. Like he's just, you know, I don't need to prove myself. Because why would he not be, I guess, I don't know if Oregon would even hire him. Yeah, part of it is like, and I say this respectfully, if he was in total, in in top physical condition and hadn't had to leave, is it three jobs? Did he have to leave the Tampa job, the Fresno job? more than two. (laughs) Yeah. I thought he quit a CFL job too. That's right. So, you know, it's, he's kind of, his circumstances have, have, have led to this. Can he coach them in the bowl now? If he get well, if he takes didn't there all their coaches leave to go with DeBoer? Yeah, and I just mean he should, he should everyone I mean I'm a, I don't know how similar everything is. I mean he was the head coach there when was all the terminology the same as when he was the head coach there? Yeah, I don't know. I would imagine very similar. To me, Hainers, all the Hainers bowl Day. games would get more interesting if they were all coached by coaches who have only been with the team for two weeks. That would make bowl games more interesting. Like Bob Stoops versus Mike Bellotti. I'd be like, all right, let's see what this looks like. You know? I saw they, they asked Bob Stoops, like, what does he think of the early signing period? He's like, I don't really like it. <laughs> He's been on the job for a week. Are they asking him to sign players? Because that's insane. I guess not anymore. Well, he's just given a lot of press conferences. I mean, he's just, yeah. he's available. He's just, if I'm him, I get a lot of my opinion. Hey, I got some opinions. You know, I, I got some takes. You see how much, do you, I, maybe I just follow a bunch of Oklahoma accounts. He is so happy taking all these pictures in these guys' homes. Just wearing the he's wearing the shit out of the polo guy. That guy is you talk about ride or die. Now, I bet he'd say these guys financially changed my family and my their kids and their kids' lives. But he and is it's, very I, it, just it, it's it's a king in his kingdom, John. And he gets to be the king again. That's true. 
Because I asked Mike, I talked to Mike Bellotti once. Yeah, I I asked Bellotti once, like, it must be hard when you spend whatever, however many years he was at Oregon, 15 years as the head coach. 95 to 08, I looked yesterday. Okay. You spend that long, you're the head coach. You, Rich Brooks, they'd had some highs, but you build this into what it became. And then once you hand the keys over to Chip Kelly, and then it's Helfrich, and then it's Willie Taggart, and then it's Mario Cristobal, and then it's whoever, it's not yours anymore. It's like your childhood home gets bulldozed and somebody else gets to build whatever they want there. And it's not your home. And he said, yeah, he said, yes, it's very hard to have that level of power over a football program and then have no power anymore. And they treat you well and you're allowed in the building and all that, but it's just different. And so here's Bob who, you know, we know it was hard for Bob to give it up. And now we get it back for a little bit. Like that's pretty cool. That's sweet. By the way, uh, he has a, but, but the one thing I, I don't know is Bilotti, does he still like go to games? Like Stoops, yeah, like I think season ticket holder. Bilotti's, Bilotti went to the pack. Bilotti's around all the time. Big okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma City, John News release. Following the sudden, and this is from Senator Bill Coleman. Senator Bill Coleman uh, has decided that he would like to honor the final three inches of westbound state highway 325 as the Lincoln-Riley Highway. Quote, I felt the state of Oklahoma needed an appropriate goodbye to the former head coach whose sudden departure met, left many in shock, including a team of young, dedicated college players. I found the tiniest section of our most desolate highway to pay tribute to Coach Riley's exit from Oklahoma football and the state. It's only fitting as this is the last three inches one sees before leaving our great state headed west. Nothing like the bitterness of, of of southern or midwestern football so departure. that by no means is supposed to be like a positive thing no <laughs> that's a you major give, middle finger yes you give somebody three inches of anything it's not respectful no, what, what, whether it be up. lasagna i'd imagine bob stoops has a street named after him in uh in norman yeah i would imagine so well this lincoln is, this I don't is why you give an interview on the way out of town, John, like Mario Cristobal. It is. <laughs> All right. Is Lincoln just kept his coaches there recruiting for him. Kind of fucked up. Smart. All right. On that Adios. note, thanks for hanging, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.